On the morning of May 11, 2011, six-year-old Timothy Pitson was picked up early from kindergarten by his mother, Amy. Over the following days, the two visited a zoo, a water park, and two different resorts. On the third day, Amy was found dead in a hotel in Rockford, Illinois. She had committed suicide and left a note saying that Timothy was safe but would never be found. The fate of Timothy Pitson is still a mystery to this day. Welcome to the Fact and Suspicion podcast. I'm your host, Dan. And I'm your other host, Ben. And today we're going to be discussing the abduction and disappearance of Timothy Pitson. So this is another of those cases where a child is abducted by their own parent. I mean, it, and it is the most are, common sort of abduction. Yeah, it happens all the time, but almost every time the kids are found and they're just fine. I take it that's not the case in today's episode? No, you know, Timothy was, was never found, and though we have a good idea of what probably happened to Timothy, we, we don't know exactly what happened to Timothy. And uh, the mystery around this case is what makes it so intriguing. It sounds pretty similar to Dior Coons that we discussed last time. I mean, we have a pretty good idea of what happened to Dior, even if we can't prove it, you know? Exactly. And, and that's the case with Timmy here. But, you know, he was abducted by his mother and i think with all the little strange parts of this case it's important to look at his mother and what was going on with her at the time so did she suffer from any sort of mental illness i mean was there was there any indication beforehand that that something like this might occur i wouldn't necessarily call it an indication but timmy's mother amy had a long history of depression she had uh been married three times before she married James, who was Timmy's dad. And according to her mother, she went into a very deep depression after her first marriage fell apart. And she never really got over that first husband. And that is sort of what caused her history of depression. Do you know Uh, uh, roughly how long, how long that was before Timmy? I I don't know. Uh, I could not find the exact dates of her other marriages. But I, I know it had been several years. I think it had been at least ten years. The course of those three marriages, uh, and you know, we don't we don't know that she wasn't suffering depression before that. But definitely, her mother seems to have really noticed it after that first marriage. Now, it's not just that marriage. You know, she'd also had a suicide attempt in the past, and her marriage with with Jim was on the rocks. So you know, wait, it, this suicide attempt, um, had it been recently? No, it, it was not. It was not recent. It, it had been several years since the suicide attempt. Uh, she'd actually taken several pills, uh, attempting to commit suicide. And she was sitting on the edge of a cliff and she fell off that cliff, but she survived it. So apparently it wasn't a very, you know, big drop. I, I don't know exactly how far it was, but it was something she could survive. So I'm thinking maybe it was one more one of those cry for help suicide attempts. But but it wasn't anything that happened recently that might have been no. some sort of indication that something was seriously wrong. No, no, okay. it, it was not recent. Uh, but but like I was saying, her her marriage was on the rocks with with Jim. Uh, they'd been having trouble. They were talking about divorce. Jim was upset you know, for multiple reasons, but one of them was that she had recently gone on vacation with a friend of hers and left, left James behind. And that really upset him. 
And he was also suspicious that she might be talking to her ex-husband again. And he was not okay with that, you know, because he, he knew she still had feelings for him. It sounds kind of controlling. I mean, at the very least, jealous. Definitely jealous. And we have no proof that she was actually talking to her ex-husband. That may have just been a suspicion that Jim had. A lot of times with controlling spouses, they, they try to control the other person who they can be around. And that's just, you know, that's one indication that there might have been a problem there. Yeah, and, and we don't know all the dynamics of the relationship, but we definitely know the two of them have been talking about divorce. Uh, now, from reports from a few family members, Jim had said something along the lines of if the two divorced, he felt like he would definitely get custody of Timothy simply because of Amy's history of depression and she seemed unstable. Now, we don't know that the courts would have decided that. Right, that's but certainly be reason to worry, right? Definitely reason to worry. And I think we can, we can assume pretty safely that that's something that was in Amy's mind. Particularly if she had like a, uh, a clinical history and, and not just like a self-diagnosis. That could have really hurt her. Yes, and she definitely did have the clinical history. So she was medicated I, at some point and whatnot? I'm sure she was. I don't know if she was medicated at the time, though. I can't find that information anywhere. I'm just saying she did have a history of it, at least. She definitely, definitely did have a history. She um, did have treatment after her suicide attempt, and she had been inside of an institution for that. Oh, yeah. Now, I can understand why she'd be worried then. I'd say she had good reason to. Another thing I would like to note about Amy is something else that her mother mentioned about her is that Amy really liked to have everything her own way. When you say that, do you mean uh, more in a controlling type of way or, or more in an OCD type way? Well, you know, it sounds to me like a bit of both, but not extreme to either way. A good example of it is, is Timothy's name. So I don't know if you noticed, but the way it's spelled, Timothy has an extra M in it. I did notice because I had to top it out for the episode title. It, it's strange looking. It, it is. Well, that was Amy's little contribution. See, initially, she did not like the name Timothy, but she decided she could put an extra M in it, and that would set him apart and make him a bit different. And then she decided that she liked it, you know, like she contributed something special to it. That, that tends me to lean more towards the narcissism than the OCD there. Uh, and, you know, that may have been the case for sure. But The feeling um, that she'd created this special name, I mean, it's honestly kind of ludicrous. It is, but I, I, I'm saying it's toward the the OCD end of that spectrum a little bit, just because things really bothered her if she wasn't able to to have them her way. Like if, if things were out of her control, uh, she had trouble with that. If that makes sense. Okay. So uh, that's just something else I'd like to note because that's something that would really bother her. I think if if she lost custody of Timmy, one she loved him to pieces, you know, just according to everything that that her family and Jim's family said. And then, you know, this sort of, you know, control issue that she had would add to that as well. So um, let's go ahead and, and start with the story of exactly what happened on, on that morning, on the, on the morning that she took him away. Right. So it's May 11th, 2011. Uh, Timmy's family lives in Aurora, Illinois. And, on this particular morning, Amy is planning to take Timmy to school. Uh, but she mentions to her husband, Jim, 
that she is suffering from some vertigo. Now, um, Jim tells Amy that he doesn't think it's safe for her to drive Timmy to school. And she says, okay, whatever. Jim takes Timmy to school, drops him off. Now, by 8.30 that morning, Amy is at school picking Timmy back up. Well, that's strange. I mean, he couldn't have been there, what, more than an hour, hour and a half max? No, I don't think there's any way he was there more than an hour. It was, it was almost immediately after he was dropped off. Uh, she showed up and said there was a family emergency, and she signed him out. The two leave school, and they go to a mechanic shop. And Amy, while she's getting her car worked on, she has someone take them and drop them off at the zoo. Now, they're there for a little while. And as soon as their car is finished, they leave the Brookfield Zoo and they drive to the Key Lime Resort in Gurney, Illinois. And that's about an hour away from Aurora, where they live. And then, you know, Jim goes by school and tries to pick Timmy up. And he has no idea that Amy's taken Timmy. And, you know, the school lets him know that Timmy was signed out by his mother. And she said there was a family emergency. Jim immediately thinks this is really strange. He knows there's not a family emergency. He tries to call Amy and she won't answer the phone. So he tries to call Amy's family. So I, I assume and, this is around three or four. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know exactly the time. All I know is that, you know, he tried to pick him up from school. Right? Towards the end of the school day. Right? But, you know, around the end of the school day, whenever school was over, right? Uh, but he couldn't get a hold of Amy. He tries to call Amy's family to see if they know where she is. They have no idea what's going on. Amy's family tries to call Amy. She won't pick up the phone. So, you know, Jim is a bit panicked. But Understandable. He, does, he does not call the police that day. Uh, you know, he thinks I mean, he probably assumed know, that she left him, right? He thinks that, you know, Amy's probably left him, you know, they've been talking about divorce, but you know, she's upset with him. He, he probably doesn't think she's going to do anything to harm Timmy or right. she, he, he probably doesn't even think she's trying to run away with Timmy. Maybe she's just leaving him and just needs some time. Right. Yeah, I mean, given the scenario, I mean, I'm sure he had no reason to believe that his child was in danger. Yeah. Right. I would, I would agree with that. But moving on to the next day, Amy and Timmy leave Gurney and they go to the Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. How far uh, away was that? That's about 200 miles from Aurora. Okay. And uh, that particular uh, resort has a indoor water park. And, you know, that's something that Timmy would have really enjoyed. You know, they probably went to stay there just so he could play in the water park. Right? They definitely spent time at the water park while they were there. Uh, yeah, as far as I can tell, yeah, that's that seems to be the reason they, they went there. I Maybe not, but it seems to be the kind of place you'd pick to stay with a kid, right? Right. Uh, now, when they, they get there, Amy calls her brother to uh, let him know that they're fine, okay? And uh, her brother actually hears Timmy in the background of the call. Uh, Timmy's saying that he's hungry. Seems pretty normal, you know, thing for a six-year-old. Like, he, he seems to be fine. So uh, Amy's brother calls Jim, uh, lets him know that he's heard from Amy. She says they're fine. There's there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, but of course, Jim's still worried about it because she won't pick up his calls. And Jim does contact the police. Yeah, I mean, um, particularly after the amount of time that's passed and she's still not answering his phone. Yeah, uh, exactly. But but as far as I, I can find in all my research, the police don't issue any sort of statewide alert searching for them 
And it's probably because Amy called and checked in with her family. Right. I mean, they it was with a family member at the time. I mean, uh, there probably wasn't much the police could do, right? Yeah. I, I mean, definitely when someone abducts their own child, they, they do you know issue Amber Alerts and stuff like that. But those people, they're not checking in with their family, right? So I think that's what makes this case a bit different. And, you know, that may have been a calculated move by Amy to sort of keep the police off of her, off of her trail at the point, right? No, I mean, it seems to me if she wanted to keep the police off of her, she just answered the phone, right? I mean, uh, it seems like she could have avoided the police in this situation altogether if she just answered her phone and pretended like everything was okay. You know, I would agree with you, but, you know, just considering what happens in this case, I, I think she's probably in a pretty bad headspace at the time and probably couldn't deal with talking to Jim. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's true. She probably wasn't putting a lot of thought into this. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm not sure about that. There are certain aspects of this that make me think a lot of thought went into it. But really? there are other aspects of it that make you think, you know, this seems a little haphazard. But we, we'll get into those details as we go. Okay. So there, there, um, there's evidence of premeditation, you're, are you saying? There is definitely evidence of premeditation. And, that's uh, disturbing. I, I will get to that point in, in just a little bit. I, I don't want to bring it in just yet. Okay. Uh, but an, another thing I do want to mention while they're in Wisconsin Dells is that uh, Amy actually goes shopping. They, they buy food. Uh, she buys some clothes for Timmy, and she buys toys for Timmy as well. So uh, you know, they seem to be like they're on a little vacation almost, right? And she buys clothes for him because, you know, they're going to be gone a few days. It yeah, seems I mean, normal, been to right? the zoo, water park. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, the next morning, it's just going to be May 13th. Uh, Amy and Timmy check out of the Kalahari Resort. Now, this is about 11 a.m., and the two of them are seen on security footage together. And this is actually the last time that Timmy is ever seen. How long was it between when the last time he was seen and when she was seen without him? Do you know? Uh, yeah, the, the next appearance we have of Amy is going to be at 7.30 that evening in Winnebago, Illinois. Uh, she goes into a family dollar and buys some paper, some envelopes, some pens and stuff. And um, now I don't know if there's actually security footage in that family dollar. Uh, I know they have credit card transactions of her there. Oh, okay. But it, at 8 p.m., uh, which is just you know 30 minutes later, she's in a store called Sullivan's buying food. Uh, and there is security footage of her in that Sullivan's and Timmy is not there. And the really troubling aspect of it is that Amy is not wearing the same clothing she was wearing that morning when they checked out of the Kalahari. Oh, that's definitely disturbing. So she had what, uh, between eight and 10 hours to have done something with Timmy. Yeah. She had about eight and a half hours, uh, between their checkout and when she showed up at that family dollar. And that's actually only about a two-hour drive. So that gives her a lot of time. So then at 11 p.m. is when she checks into the Rockford Inn in Rockford, Illinois. And uh, that's the last time anyone actually sees Amy alive. Because the next day, her body is found around noon by the hotel cleaning staff. She had cut her wrists and her throat. And... Uh, actually, she had a lethal dose of antihistamine in her system as well. That's pretty thorough. Yeah, and I had never even considered anyone trying to overdose on antihistamine before. Uh, nor had I, though. I mean, seems a bit irrelevant considering she'd cut both her wrist and her throat. 
Yeah. I mean, so, the antihistamines, um, he's a bit of a moot point. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and they did say they found an empty bottle of children's cold medicine in the room with her, uh, but they assumed that she took that herself. Yeah, that's probably the antihistamine they're just got there yeah, talking about. Yeah, right? I, yeah. I think so. Uh, now, they also found some photos of Timmy in the room and a suicide note, or actually three notes. One was just sort of a general suicide note. Uh, then she had one that was addressed to her mother and another that was addressed to a friend of hers. Do we know what they said? Not exactly. I have looked everywhere trying to find transcripts of these notes. and uh, Police probably keep that stuff close to the vest. So. I think they probably do. Now, the, uh, the note to her friend, we have no idea anything that was in that. It, it was never released at all. Uh, this, the, the suicide note she left, uh, I can't find any transcript of it, but um, there is a lot of information that, that just says that she's saying Timmy is safe. He's with people that will care for him, but he'll never be found. Uh, and, and then in the note mm. to her mother... She says more things like that. She's uh, there's there's actually a quote from that one I found that says, I have taken Timothy somewhere safe and he loves you. Please know that there is nothing you could have said or done that would have changed my mind. Sounds a little suspect, to be honest with you. I, I agree. And uh, that that note to her mother is, is very apologetic in nature as well. Um, now, granted, she she would probably be apologizing just for, you know, taking Timmy away and, you know, giving him to another family so that no one would ever see him again. But it also kind of sounds like that, that she may have killed Timmy as well. Because yeah, it she's, like so she's going out of her way to, to minimize her role in what happened. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like that's the fiction she wants to tell herself. Yeah. A few other uh, facts that, that go into this. Um one is that none of Timmy's belongings uh, were found in that room or, or found anywhere, actually. Uh, you know, Timmy had his Spider-Man backpack from school where he left school. That was never found. His clothes were not found. The clothes she bought him, none of his toys that she bought him were found. There is actually no trace of Timmy anywhere in, in her room. And obviously, you know, we, we, we suspect Timmy was never there, but it's like she didn't take any of his things back there either, right? Uh, they found the blade that she used to cut her, her wrist and her throat with. It had only her own DNA on it, so it doesn't seem that she would have hurt Timmy with that. Um, they do suspect she drunk that entire bottle of cold medicine because of the level of antihistamine that was in her system. And so there's, there's not really much evidence in that room at all. Now, there is something interesting that the police did find, and that's in uh, Amy's SUV. In the back seat where Timmy sat, there was what police referred to as a concerning amount of blood. Oh, well, that's troubling. Yeah, now this was just, it was a blood stain. It wasn't, you know, like nothing fresh. Uh, they did test it and it was Timmy's blood. But this has been explained, though, uh, from, from multiple family members saying that Timmy had nosebleeds all the time. And that particular stain is from a few months earlier where he, he had a big nosebleed in the car. So one question I have there is which side of the family says that, uh, you, you have that from both sides of the family. Oh, okay. 
I thought maybe it was from the mother's side, just trying to uh, who you know people who were convinced that that she would never have harmed her son. Uh, no, uh, in fact, one of the articles I read said that James did back that up. Though a lot of these articles seem to have conflicting details about that kind of thing, though, just because I I do think police don't give out all their information, right? right. I mean, we see that every case we research. Uh. Yeah, but but the police seem to really believe that that little detail so that you know that it was probably from a nosebleed much earlier on. Well, speaking of the police, given the lack of evidence, what do they think happened to Timmy? The police think there is a a good chance uh, that she did kill Timmy, but the case is still open. They're still looking for him, like he may still be alive, and and they don't they haven't said exactly what happened to him but they have definitely been investigating it from both aspects yeah i just it seems like it would be very hard to investigate this case like where would you start searching for him i mean she had she had what eight and a half hours and what you said she could have gone anywhere or done anything with him in that time yeah we'll say a large um, area it's a very large area that actually you know she was in wisconsin and iowa and that time frame actually gave her excuse me she was in wisconsin and illinois but that time frame gave her enough time to actually go into Iowa as well. Okay, so she was in a tri-state area at the time. Was there a body of water nearby? I mean, probably and, several. Yeah, the, you have multiple bodies of water there. But the, the problem is that it's such a huge area that she could have been in. It's it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. You know, right. they've done so many grid searches for Timmy, but uh, where do you start just, the grid? I mean, exactly. Uh, and you know, um, there, there, there are some clues to that though. Uh, when the, uh, police investigated her SUV, they did find, you know, on the undercarriage and in the bumpers, uh, and things that there was some vegetation stuck in there. Like she had been off road in an area that was grown up. So they were able to match that to, uh, an area. Well, uh, they, they think they were able to match it to an area. Uh, they say that the vegetation suggests that she was in either Whiteside County or Lee County in Illinois, but they do think that the area could be a bit wider than that. Though I have questions about that as well, because I just don't know how accurate a test like that can be. I would think that that vegetation, that same vegetation could be spread over a much broader area. I mean, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does, but as broad as the search area was, I imagine anything that narrowed it down at all would be helpful in some way. I'd agree with that. You know, even if it does narrow it down to two to four counties, though, that's still a a huge area. I mean, almost insurmountably large, it seems like. Right, and and you have to think, though, too, um, just because she went off-road in this one particular area, that doesn't mean that she was necessarily disposing of a body there right like she could have been off-road in multiple areas if she did kill timmy she could have disposed of the body somewhere and then gone to another area and disposed of clothes murder weapons something like that right Right. so uh, one more intriguing detail about this you know i had mentioned earlier that uh we have information that suggests this was likely premeditated right yeah i'd forgotten about that well we do know that Amy had taken two trips uh, to this area of Illinois a couple months prior to that. And how do we know that for certain? Uh, well, Amy had a transponder in her car. It was called an I-Pass. 
And that's something that works with the toll roads in Illinois. Uh, I guess it just sort of tracks where you go and bills you accordingly. Oh, okay. But it kept track of everywhere she went. So there was a record of her, you know, sort of her travels, right? I'm assuming they search those areas. uh, Well, I mean, it only tracks your transactions like on a toll road, right? So when you are uh, at a certain okay, checkpoint, okay. it'll tell you where the, where you tell them where you are. Right. Uh, but it doesn't really tell them like, it doesn't track specific areas that she went to off the road. So yeah. That makes sense. But we do know that she did was in this area of Illinois around Rockford twice in the months prior to this. And it, at least one of those times she had gone up into Wisconsin around Wisconsin Dells as well. Is there any idea what she was doing there? Like, did uh, friends not, and family said anything about it? Did she know anybody at, that lived there? Not at all. No, no. All of her uh, friends and family, as far as they know, uh, she has no connection to the area whatsoever. She doesn't know anyone that lives there. Uh, you know, there's no family there. Nothing like that. Yeah, that's troubling. I so mean, if she has no attachment to that place, what was she doing there? Yeah, exactly. Right. So she was probably there looking for a location, something like that. But of all the evidence to me, the the most disturbing piece of evidence is that um, we mentioned, uh, you know, when she checked out of the resort in Wisconsin Dells uh, and she was seen on camera. And then when she was seen on camera again that evening, she was wearing different clothing. Right. And And this is when... Uh, she no longer had Tammy with her, right? Right, exactly. Well, that clothing that she was wearing that morning was never found. Oh, let's see. That's what other reason would she have to ditch the clothing? Yeah, it's it's really scary. It's like she's trying to eliminate evidence, right? Of course. Yeah. Um, but you know, if she did murder her child and then commit suicide, it really it begs the question: Why is she trying to cover that up? I guess it makes sense that she wants people to remember her in a better light, but she would know that she's keeping her entire family and, and you know, Jim and, and his whole family, she's going to keep them from ever having closure if that if that's what happened, right? I think it was just pure selfishness. Uh, she was planning on committing suicide, and if Timmy couldn't be with her, he couldn't be with anyone. Maybe. Or maybe she was just such a narcissist that she thought if she was gone that Timmy would just be better off dead. Uh, that's, I guess that's a possibility. But um, I think we have to at least look at it from both aspects of, you know, she very possibly killed Timmy and maybe she did, you know, possibly do what she said and pass him on to another family, however unlikely that may be. That's hard for me to buy personally, particularly in the modern world where there's so much documentation attached to a person. It just seems very difficult to just hand a child over like that. Right. I mean, unless you really know what you're doing. That's that's got to be expensive as well, right? The police, um, you know, they really have had trouble finding evidence either way of anything. Um, you know, the, her phone was never found. And they, well, I say it was not found at the time. And the police really wanted to get a hold of her phone to see if, you know, she had made calls to anyone uh, you know, locally in the area, maybe she was contacting someone about, you know, meeting them to, to give Timmy away, right. but they couldn't find her phone. She'd apparently ditched her phone. That's another disturbing detail. Yeah. Because you know, why, why ditch your phone? Right. So she ditched her phone and her clothes. Yeah. Why would you um, do that to give the kid away? Well, you know, I will say that 
let's say you're you're meeting some people to to pass Timmy on to them, right? It might explain why you got rid of the phone, right? You you, you might get rid of the phone because you don't want uh people to know exactly where you went because that might be a clue to find Timmy, right? And the clothes. But, you know, the clothes, no. That, that's a little that's, more difficult to explain away. That's that's very disturbing with the clothes. But with the phone, at least, you know, you might have reason to get rid of it because of that. But on the other side of that coin, you may have been disposing of a body and didn't want anyone to know where you went to dispose of the body, right? Right. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the phone was actually recovered later on. Uh, apparently what happened is Amy uh, got rid of the phone in Mount Carroll, Illinois, and a lady actually found that phone then uh, and picked it up. You know, she never really considered it was part of a crime investigation, right? Hey, and she would, right? You know, and she saw this phone. She was like, "Hey, this is a good phone." You know, um, just maybe take it as a spare in case she needs. Yeah, one maybe, later. maybe maybe in a couple of years I'll need another phone. She sticks it in a drawer, right? In 2013, October of 2013, um, I don't don't know if it's her or if it's a family member. Maybe she gave the phone to because they needed a phone. One of them turned the phone on uh, because they're going to go get it activated, right? And um, they see the contacts on the phone and some of the text messages she's been sending. They see the names, right? And they're recognizing these names from a couple years ago, this you know case was huge on the news, and and they've seen these names involved in the case. And they think, hey, this might be something. So they actually take that phone to the police, and the police get the phone. But sadly, they're not able to get any actionable information from it. Right? There's there's nothing that is important they find on the phone that would lead them to Timmy anywhere. Nothing that even explained what she might have been doing in the area. No, I, it seems like she was very careful with, you know, like texting people about what she was doing or anything like that. And she obviously didn't contact anyone in the area. She didn't text anyone about meeting up to, you know, get Timmy or anything like that. All of her, you know, it seems like she really cut, cut off most contact at the time. Just, you know, she had the, the calls, you know, to her family, but that's about it. Yeah. What's so bizarre about this is some of her behavior seems rather intelligent if she didn't want to get caught, but some of it just seems clueless. Like, for example, why worry your family in the first place, right? Like, as we discussed earlier, why not just pick up the phone uh, the phone and pretend like everything's okay? She never would have had to worry about the police being on her tail in the, to begin with. You know, I've, I've got to agree with you about that. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, even if, if this is planned out very well ahead of time, if, if you are planning to kill your own child, you can't be in a good headspace right then. You, you've got to be sort of out of your mind a bit, too. So some things are bound to you know, well, yeah, I mean, slip just, out of her control. I, I thought we were presupposing that. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, that, that, that makes sense, though, in the aspect of despite all her well-laid plans, she's going to do some things that don't make sense, right? Because she is sort of out of her mind, right? Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Now, um, this is not actually the, the end of the case either. Actually, in 2019, uh, a young man claimed to be Timothy Pitson. Now, um, this young man, he, he was, not. He, he wasn't, no, he was, um, walking along the, uh, the road in Kentucky and, uh, someone saw him and he looked like, uh, he looked sort of beaten up, just disheveled, lady, yeah, disheveled, right? Uh, a lady, um, pulled over to check on him and he told her that his name was Timothy Pitson and that two men in Ohio had, uh, held him hostage in a uh, hotel room. 
How long would this have been? For seven years? Uh, For eight years, I think. Okay. Depending on what month, I don't know what month I was in, sometime in 2019, so seven to eight years, right? Okay. Um, But um, it it wasn't Timmy, and and they found out pretty quickly that it wasn't Timmy. It was actually a 23-year-old man named Brian Michael Rennie. What was he insane or a con artist? Um, I'm not sure that he was a con artist. Uh, he does seem to be troubled. It turns out that he had just been released from prison and had actually twice before claimed to be a child trafficking victim. So this was something you know he had done in the past, and he actually uh made a statement that the reason he did this was. Because he wanted someone to love him as much as Timothy's dad loved him because he was still out there searching for him and trying to find him. Right? I'm not sure whether that's more sad or disturbing. It's it's a bit of both. And we don't even know. It's a lot of the, both. We, we don't know if it's the, even the truth, right? He may have just wanted attention. We, we don't know what's going on with this guy, right? But, you know, it wasn't Timmy. And it's just something that got the family's hopes up, you know? And, you know, so with that person claiming to be Timmy, that's. That's really the end of of everything that's happened with this case, of, of the discovery of evidence and everything, right? There hasn't been any news since then. Not a particularly satisfying conclusion, but that's that's generally the case here. It is, and it's so, I would call it mysterious, though it's it's really, it's most likely that, that Amy killed Timmy, I really think. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe there's... Maybe there's not that much mystery to it, but there is mystery of, you know, what did she do? Well, with I mean, what other theory is there even? Well, there, I mean, there I guess are. That she gave him away. I mean, but but to whom? Again, how would you even pull that off? Well, you know, there there are some interesting theories to that as to how that that could have happened. Um, now, you know, one you have to consider that maybe she did give Timmy to someone who was just very dedicated to hiding him away. Uh, maybe they had resources, were able to get, you know, some kind of like fake identification, something like that. And I do find that to be very unlikely, right? Uh, because that would take a great deal of, um, well, for one, you needed a lot of money. You need contacts in order to, you know, get fake identification, something yeah. like that. Because, you know, you can't even well, take this kid to the cheap. doctor. Right, you know, without you know, without a social security number, insurance, stuff like that. Yeah. So then you you have the the other aspect of this is that you know Timmy was six years old at the time. Right? So he'd still remember who he is. Probably he would, maybe. He would re- remember who his who he was. He'd remember his dad. Now, now, if if this did happen, we don't know exactly what Amy told Timmy about. Like you know, maybe she told him something happened to his dad or something like that. Or um, you know, we don't know what she told this. You know theoretical family that she gave him to like she may have told them a crazy story about like she was running from someone with timmy or timmy's dad was dangerous something like that so maybe they would feel like because of what they heard from amy they needed to hide him away i mean i suppose that's plausible plausible though probably not very likely now um we do have a sort of popular theory now i need to stress this is just one of those internet theories there is absolutely no evidence to this whatsoever it should be good but you know, it, i will say it does sort of sum things up in a tight little bow but a lot of people feel like amy may have given timmy to someone in the amish community why the amish community exactly well 
remember they were in Wisconsin Dells the last time Timmy was seen. Now, in the counties surrounding Wisconsin Dells, there are several Amish communities. And that would make a lot of sense as far as Timmy not uh, hearing about this big search for him. And, you know, the, the actual family that, that she gave Timmy to, they were Amish. They wouldn't have uh, television and radio. They wouldn't hear the news about this statewide search for a missing boy named Timothy Pitson that fits his description, right? But outside of just the proximity to Amish communities and the lack of technology, I mean, that's it? There's nothing else? No, no, no real evidence, just the circumstantial evidence we mentioned. Um, but, you know, it, it would eliminate the need for the identification and stuff as well, right? And, you know, I find that to be unlikely. Uh, I would think that if the police thought this was at all a possibility, they would have searched all those Amish communities. But for one, those Amish communities are around the Wisconsin Dells area, you know, where they were staying in that resort. However, there are no Amish communities very close to the uh, counties in Illinois where they determined that her vehicle was probably off-road. And, you know, that, that's one thing that would make sense if she, you know, had gone off-road to maybe, you know, park and then walk him into this, you know, Amish community, something like that. But if there are no Amish communities close to that area, it sort of uh, negates that theory, I think. I mean, I'd love to believe that little Jebediah is raising barns and feeding chickens, but without any real evidence, that just seems like baseless speculation. You know, I, I completely understand that. And it, I'm one of those, I, I really want to hold that hope that Timmy's still alive, right? But, right, I mean, it's a child, of course we do. But I just, I don't, I don't see any, you know, good evidence of this, right? I mean, the change of clothes, the ditch cell phone... I mean, and just the trip itself, right? Like, taking him to places he would enjoy, this seemed like she was saying goodbye. It does. I will say, though, that if she was, you know, going to give Timmy to another family... Yeah, goodbye could probably, be either one. She'd probably want him to have some good memories with his mom first. But the, the whole saying goodbye thing and wanting Timmy to have a good time right before the end, that makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah, and the letters, I don't know, it just it seems to me that she was pretty much in denial when she wrote those. Uh, denial or just, you know, wanting people to believe better of her. Right, or such a narcissist that she was more she was actually concerned with her appearance after killing her kid. So there's that. And and you know, there is also the possibility that God, I I really hate to say this because it sounds terrible, but that she maliciously did not want Timmy's dad to have any closure, right? That was she, their um, relationship that bad? It was definitely rocky at the time. And I think that if she thought that he was going to take Timmy away from her, she could have been that angry at him. You know, yeah. it's possible. And, you know, it just, it seems that, that that's another thing we could look at as far as why she would do that. Right now. I, I can't deny that it's most likely that she did kill Timmy and dispose of his body. Yeah, that's undoubtedly the most likely scenario. It's just unfortunate that the evidence is in such a state that we'll probably never know for certain. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's pretty much how the case boils down, right? Now, um, you know, there there are 
a couple other theories without any, you know, real evidence that, you know, some people think that, you know, instead of an Amish community, maybe she gave him to some sort of religious cult. Um, you know, I mean, it's another thing that, you know, where they would, you know, shield him from television or something like that in the media. Right. But, you know, again, no evidence whatsoever, but you can go online and people will swear, oh, there, there's a major cult in that area. Right. But, you know, it's the internet. People say stuff like that all the time. Uh, and then, so you know, an Amish community or an internet cult yeah, or, yeah, gonna, um, or there okay. are, there are some people that think she may have given him to traffickers, but that's to me, that's the least likely of theory of, of all of them. I would think. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. I would say so as well. Well, you know, because, um, I just don't think now Someone that we are saying very likely killed their child. It sounds strange, but to put something I don't past think, them like that. Yeah, I don't think she would do that, right? I don't think she would give Timmy to someone that would hurt him that way, right? No, particularly like the way you said that she was controlling and that like she had had to have everything her way. Like I think it was probably more that she just didn't think Timmy could live without her. Like I can't see her giving Timmy up, you know? Exactly right. So she she gives Timmy to like someone else. It's still, um, she doesn't know what's going to happen, right? But, but that death, that is final. That's something she, yes, can, she control, can control, right? right. Uh, and it's, man, it's, it's disturbing to think about that, right? You know, God, this case, honestly, it really tears me up, too, because I think about those last days, right, when she's wanting Timmy to have a good time. And, you know, just imagining, you know, seeing your child that you love so much, just having a great time, you know, at the zoo, at the water park, going shopping for toys, right? How do you go through with it? You know, I mean, how do you? How does that not change your mind when you see how happy your child is? I mean, it's, I think it's impossible to put ourselves in the mindset of someone I mean, in her position, right? Yeah, no, I, I understand that, but um, I, mean, I think you're asking questions that there's no way we could possibly answer. Yeah, it's just. It's so I wouldn't hard want for to me. be in that mindset to be able no. to answer that question. Not at all. It's really hard for me when we deal with these cases where, you know, where a parent uh, can, can murder their own child. Uh, and, and, you know, it happens. It definitely course, has happened yeah. a lot. Right now. Um, granted, uh, most of the time when a parent kills a child, it's, it's more, more often the father. But, you know, that doesn't mean a mother can't do it. Of course it, not. Oh, there definitely happened cases. before. Yeah. What was, what was her name? Susan Smith? Was that she her the name? one that, that with the car? Yeah, I think oh, that, that was horrible. her. Yeah. It was terrible. I and mean, that's just, that's one example. But this one really, it bothers me so much because of those last days, though, that I, I just can't think of it. Um, as I said, I can't get myself in the mindset of someone that would hurt their own child. But, you know, with someone that, probably thought about it so much ahead of time that's premeditated. All I can think of is, is if I was that person and I was having those thoughts that sometime in those months, you know, when I was planning this out, I would come to my senses and, you know, check myself into an institution or kill myself so I couldn't carry it out or something like that, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, I... But again, I think you're trying to put yourself in a situation that hopefully you, I mean, that you'll never have any experience with, buddy. Yeah, um, 
I completely agree with that. Um, but I think we've pretty much covered everything to do with this case. Uh, were there any other questions you had? Did, uh, did we wrap everything up pretty well, you think? I, I suppose so. I mean, it's just, it's so unsatisfying. Like a lot of the cases we deal with, just in the, the absence of evidence. It's, there's so much speculation left. I, I agree with you. I agree. But no, I, I think you've uh, told the story about as well as it could be. The most interesting aspect of this case is the mystery of what happened to Timothy. Even though it seems most likely that Amy killed him and hid his body, it's important to remember that there's no evidence to support this or the theory that she hid Timothy with another family. Whatever Amy's actions, the one thing we can be sure of is that she went to great lengths to keep Timmy's fate a secret. Timothy Pitson would be 16 today, so I hope that if he is still alive, he will soon come forward, even if the chances of that are slim. 